0: Welcome to a special 58th New York Film Festival edition of the Film at Lincoln Center podcast. Today, NYFF director Eugene Hernandez is joined by director Heidi Ewing, along with subjects Iván Garcia, Gerardo Zabaleta, and actor Armando Espitia to discuss their film Carry You With Me. Among the most emotionally resonant and innovatively conceived cinematic love stories in years, I Carry You With Me unexpectedly and brilliantly incorporates documentary elements into the tale of a burgeoning romance between two men who crossed the border from Mexico to the U.S. Carry You With Me is screening at the Queen's Drive-In tonight and nationwide at our virtual cinema. To learn more, visit filmlink.org. Let's go to the conversation now.
1: Thank you for listening to the Film at Lincoln Center podcast. Make sure you don't miss a thing by subscribing to the Film at Lincoln Center newsletter featuring weekly programming updates, new podcast episodes, special offers, and much more. Visit filmlink.org slash news.
2: We have have about 20 minutes, and I thought that... um what we'll do uh, for folks who are watching at home or folks who might be listening to this on a podcast is, um, is let you uh, welcome a few folks to our to our virtual stage. Um, and then I'm gonna ask you some questions about sort of the the origins of the film, but uh, why don't you take a moment to, uh, to welcome folks?
3: All right, well, I'm extremely excited to introduce, probably for the first time to most audiences in New York, the incredible actor who plays the role of Ivan, Armando Espitia, from Mexico Hi. Hi everybody. <laughs> and I'm very, very excited to introduce uh, right here in Brooklyn, the real Ivan and the real Gerardo. The, Ivan in the black and Gerardo Hi. in the black.
2: Hola. Hello. How are you? <laughs> Welcome. It's so great to see all of you.
3: I'm going to start
2: with a couple of questions for Heidi but we're going to incorporate everyone into the discussion uh very quickly. Um Heidi, I I feel like uh or I felt like when I when I first watched the film earlier this year, I felt like I was um I felt like an insider because uh you had you had told me uh this is years ago, you had told me um about Ivan and Gerardo's story um just little bits um and i know this is something you've been working on for such a long time so if you don't mind if you could share a little bit with our audience about how you came to know these guys and and just sort of the before we talk about how you made the movie and 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 how you adapted their story to the screen um maybe just tell first you and then and then ivan gerardo just how you guys all uh first met and connected
3: well like all uh good new yorkers uh ivan gerardo and i met in a bar (laughs) <laughs> we met in a bar, my local bar. Uh, I was actually working on Jesus Camp a million years ago, and they were working down the street at Bread, I think, in Tribeca, and we would go to this watering hole at night, and we would drink, and we would dance, and sort of like unwind after And work. what year
2: was this, just for context? Oh,
3: man, we met in like 2005, 2006. Yep. Yep. Yeah, and um, so they came so in. you're like, just hanging
2: bread. out. You're just hanging out together and
3: and they were friends with the owner uh, of the bar, and he introduced us. And I like to speak Spanish, and uh, I don't know. Gerardo was very funny, and I was like, "This guy's trouble." He was like very teasing immediately, <laughs> and like he's like, you know, Ivana was like this great dancer, but like much more, you know, uh, reserved. And we just, I was like, these are they were my new friends, and. Uh, it started like that, and um, actually, they came to my wedding in 2007 in Michigan, and we grew to be good friends, but um, it turns out I didn't know so much about my friends, and, um, and when they finally told me their story, it was at Sundance in 2012, I had the trophy, and they would come to support the film, and we were at Pizza Noodle on Main Street also drinking, I guess. And uh, they told me their life story. And um, I didn't know that Ivan had a son. I didn't know um, how difficult it had been for Ivan and Gerardo to come here. I didn't know so many things. And I thought, how can I be friends with these gentlemen for so long and and, and not have asked more questions, have not how come I didn't know more? Um, I'm a documentary filmmaker and I was just so blown away by the story, which is an incredible story of not just love, but also, um, you know, migration and sacrifice and, um, dreams. And it it was, it was such a brave thing that they did coming to New York, not knowing anyone and then becoming very successful restaurant owners. And Ivana's is a chef and, I just couldn't get it out of my head, couldn't shake it. I, I was up all night thinking about it. And I wrote myself a text on the airplane home from Park City the next day and it was called The Mexican Love Story. And I wrote down everything they had said to me that I could remember. It was so late at night. And that's how the idea started. And I was afraid to call them and say, is there a film here? I mean, I, I shouldn't be making films about my friends, but I think there's a special movie here. And they said, Maybe there is. <laughs> and and that's how it all began. So it really began the idea, I have to say, in 2012.
2: Uh, well, so then following up on that, Ivan and Gerardo, uh, thank you for sharing your story with Heidi, because if you hadn't, you wouldn't have shared it with the rest of us. Or uh, all of you wouldn't have been able to share it with the rest of us. But maybe you could just tell me about that early conversation when your friendship suddenly pivoted and, and, and Heidi, your friend Heidi says to you, oh, maybe there's a movie here. What, did, what? How did you react to that originally? What did you think about that?
4: Yeah, I mean, it was a, a, a big surprise. You know, like we, we, we say how how the life of two Mexicans in New York City can be a, in a movie, right? So it was like a big surprise, but uh, we know her like as a great person you know we trust on her and we know how professional she is in what wherever she she does and then that that was how become more comfortable to tell a real mm-hmm. story to her mm-hmm. and That was like I don't know Ivan
0: yeah I mean for me exactly the same it was like uh surprised in, in some moment like how, how my own life my personal life like she said she just doesn't know I was uh, a kid she doesn't know um oh. many things you know personal things uh when she started talking about doing a documentary about our life I was a little nervous a little uh, shy about all this situation because you know Many um, things we cannot share talk, easily. we cannot right. share with people like immigrant things, like, like talking about border, talking about family, talking about like uh, um, economy, yeah,
4: the situation not easy. It's in not...
0: Mexico in our country, why we decided to move to New York, so what's many things we try to don't explain, don't to talk with people, but with her, it was like very, very, very um, close relationship, so that's why we opened.
4: Yeah, we open our, our life and we tell her this life. story.
2: In, as a follow-up to that, in the last you know, four years in this country, it's only become harder to, um, to, be, to be an immigrant, to, to identify in, in this way um i wonder how you thought about the risks to yourself or to your family or just to your to your happiness to your to your level of comfort in in this country the last few years in 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 building on that decision to not only agree to continue making this film but to to sit in a conversation right now talking about it presenting your life on screen um i can't imagine that's something you you haven't had to to think about or consider.
4: Yeah, it's it's been it's been very difficult this past four years. I mean, you know, with um, everything happening in in U.S. in this past for almost four years, was like um, for immigrants were more difficult. It is more difficult. So to take decisions. Um, to stay here or go back to our own country is the biggest decision like we have to to find and to, to take at some point, you know? And, and and we are here in the middle of all of this, um, all of this situation, like very hard for all of immigrants from everywhere, you know? It, it's, it's been hard and, and I don't know, I don't know, how, What else to say is we're still here, we're still fighting, we're still working very hard and just waiting if something good can happen for all of the immigrants.
2: I'm going to flash forward for a moment because I want to include Armando in the conversation. And so in a minute, I'm going to ask you, Heidi, about sort of going from the first conversation with these guys to the movie we see, and we'll talk about how you decided to approach it. But Armando, you're as an actor, you have this opportunity to inhabit and explore the life of a real person who we're sitting here talking with right now. Um, and it's kind of a similar question for you about sort of not just how you learned about uh, this story, but how you responded to it when you first heard about it, but also as you were digging into this life to portray um, to portray a, a younger version. Um, this character of this person, of this human, of this person—how uh, you thought about that, how you think about that now—with uh, a little bit of time, also. This is
1: going to sound great to sound crazy, but I think I'm still figuring out how I how I am connected with Ivan. Now, um, I first hear about this story through our casting process, and I first met Heidi before reading the script i guess Um i remember the script you sent me was in, um, one of one of the first uh, drafts i guess and it wasn't very well um translated to spanish so it was okay. a little bit difficult okay. to to understand the whole story but i knew from the beginning that it was a very powerful love story for me it was a, a love story uh, and then heidi um when we were actually working on the script, uh, she guided me to work in a character, not in a, in a real person. We, were, we weren't based, we didn't base our work in in Ivan's himself, in Ivan's in life. I mean, it was in the character, in the script's character. So that helped me um, to, uh, yeah, to not make uh, that much expectations or to light the weight upon myself and then just meeting Ivana Gerardo was a great experience as friends because yeah I'm still fascinated uh, hearing them um yeah my relationship with them is like friends now uh but it's fun to um, discover the, the connections Heidi saw in between Ivana and myself
3: well, it was funny because we talked about, we didn't, I didn't want to mimic. We didn't want um, him to walk or talk like Ivan. He he wasn't supposed to be imitating. It wasn't an imitation. Armando as an actor had an essence that reminded me of Ivan. It, it, it was the essence of the character. It was the melancholic nature. It was mm. the urgency at the same time. It was, there was a lot of things that he possessed that the real Ivan possesses as a I see him. So I didn't want uh, Armando to meet Ivan uh, or, or um, Cristian to meet Gerardo because I didn't want that in their head. I wanted them to use the script, to use their talent and use what came inside to portray Ivan and Gerardo. And I really tried to keep them apart uh, until it was time to shoot in New York and we were almost finished. And I think in the end, that was a, the best decision. Um, I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't think they needed to have the real guys in their head.
1: And this is why this is crazy because um, I don't realize that I got this nostalgic, you said, uh-huh. in myself. But when I see, when I see Van, I kind of realize it. I, can, uh, I kind of understand
4: uh-huh.
2: what Heidi's
1: uh-huh. is saying. It's crazy.
2: <laughs> well, let me, Heidi, let me ask you to elaborate on uh, not just what you were saying a moment ago, but something that the guys are also talking about. And that is just the there's a there's a delicate there's a, there's a delicacy to the way you approached or the way we see these stories being um, expressed, and it's because you're using um, both actors and um, you're relying on your strength and your experience as a documentarian and weaving that together in in into in in a way that is certainly. Um, Certainly, films do that all the time, but in this case, you have uh, such a unique reality of these two guys who are so close to you. You have this community of actors that you're you're able to tap into, and then you know the 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 expression of it is is such a seamless um, exploration and a, a seamless story that that weaves in and out of both. But but. Tell me about some of the original concepts, the original ideas that you were sort of thinking about as you were sort of trying to figure out what you were mapping, how you were gonna bring the story to life.
3: Well, of course my comfort zone you know, is documentary and was documentary at the time. And so at the beginning, I started with interviewing Ivana Gerardo and then I started uh, filming key moments in their lives. And I realized pretty quickly that I was shooting the third act of a movie. That if, if I was making a documentary, like what about the childhood? What about Ivan's relationship with his father? What about Gerardo's relationship with his mother and father in Chiapas? What about dreams? What about like the cinematic vision that fiction can bring, The documentary uh, filmmaking has limits to? I, and I said, I can't, this is, this will not be an amazing documentary because I came too late. I needed to come when Ivan was 10. <laughs> mm. And um, So I said, I, this needs to be a narrative. And that's scary. Because I don't know how to make a narrative. I've never written a movie, and I've never shot a fiction. I've never worked with actors, and um, you know, I used to be a playwright in college. That was it. And I thought, shoot, I gotta. I guess I gotta buy final draft and try to write a movie. I mean, it was literally like, um, and I said, I told the guys, I, I I continued to film with them over eight years, um, and write the script at the same time. And so I was basing. In some ways, the film, of course, along their, their their lived experience. And then came the time when I had to decide whether I was going to cast actors to play them as their older selves, and I couldn't find a reason to do it. I had beautiful, real cinema verite, intimate scenes with the real Ivan and the real Gerardo living their life, and nothing casting an actor to play them at their age would have not enhanced it would not have enhanced the movie. I couldn't justify it. And so I said, I'm going to, Ivana Gerardo, there will be documentary material, it will be the real lives, and I will find a way to integrate it. It was very difficult. My longtime editor, Enat Sidi, um, and I structured the film multiple, multiple times. It was a nine month edit, I'll just be honest. And it was, you know, uh, a very, it was Herculean feat because it hasn't been done in this manner. Um, and so it was just a decision. It just seemed like the right thing to do. Um, and I feel like their presence enhances the authenticity and the beauty and the emotion of the film. Um, and so that's that's how I ended up uh, do it, making that decision. It was all very, it was like one scary thing after the next, after the next. At some point, you're so scared because everything is so new that you don't feel fear anymore because you're like, <laughs> I'm tired of being, it's exhausting. Every, everything, uh, never with costumes ever. Everything was so new every day. I was just like, okay. I'm bored with this scary stuff let's just make the movie and that's basically what the attitude was because everything was just it would have been overwhelming otherwise
2: right i'm thinking about as you're talking heidi i'm thinking about um the moment you know maybe maybe three quarters I, i could be wrong on the timing you'll know maybe three quarters of the way in when there's like this explosion all in one song where we see uh ivan and gerardo's life uh represented in in such a poignant way because it's suddenly this rush of images we've been given tastes i think in the str- i have to think back to the structure but we've been given tastes of of uh armando as ivan and then ivan in you know moments in the film where you cut back to subway or whatever but in that in that song on if you could just sort of elaborate on sort of the creative choice of the song the images it all kind of just Explodes, for lack of a better word, in that moment in such a very strong cinematic way, but also a very emotional for 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 me at least.
3: Yeah, I'm so glad you point out that moment because it's it hasn't it's not mentioned that often, but it's it's one of my favorite moments in the film. And basically, it's around minute 85, I think. You asked, okay. uh, but basically, it's like it's time to go. We are catching up to real time. Here we are. How do we train the audience? How do I communicate to the audience that like? we are in a new chapter. We are, I'm gonna take you through, you know, 15 years of a life and we're gonna land right now in New York City, right, you know. And so it had to be messy and it had to be joyful and it had to be different than the rest of the film. I was trying to communicate to the audience that we're going somewhere new um, and you have to do that cinematically. Um, and so it was basically many, many years of materialized film with the really Vanne Gerardo, uh, you know, sort of over time. Um, and it is an explosion. And the, the, the song is a, I won't even call it a B side. It's a C, it's a D, it's an E side. It's an old 45. It's called Un Dia de Tantos. Um, it's by Los Borgia. Uh, it was recorded in 1970. Um, we couldn't find out any information. There's no digital copy. Uh, a DJ in um, who is an expert at going through at old old you know garage band music from like the 60s and 70s, Carlos Rene. I contacted him. I listened to his. I couldn't sleep when I was in Mexico. I was rewriting the movie every night, and I just my cinematographer told me about this this YouTube channel of this awesome guy with great great taste. And one night it was like three in the morning, and the song played. Now like this is amazing and also the lyrics for those who speak Spanish I decided not to subtitle it. It's a special treat for people who speak Spanish because which is a lot of the world uh, because it really kind of talks about, you know, identity and like my black boots and my guitar and like I look myself in the mirror and it's like time to go. You know, it's like one one de So it has a lot of attitude and no one's ever heard the song nobody in my crew, none of my actors. I felt so cool because I was like, oh, you don't know this song? <laughs> <laughs> you know? I was like, so I felt very cool. Uh, and I would play it in the car and he was like, oh, that's an amazing song. So it had to be this song. And so it was, everything has a great story, right? Eugene, everything that's good has a story, has a long trail. And this is one of them. And I felt like it was the explosion that the movie needed I was also kind of switching genres, and I was trying to communicate that visually to the audience.
2: Mm. Thank you. That's a great explanation. I'm, I'm so glad you were able to offer some detail on that because it is such a such a special moment in the movie. Um, yeah, a special moment in a movie with a lot of special moments. Um, I keep looking down at my clock because I know we don't have a lot of time, but I want to give. Uh, well, I'll start with Armando, and then I'll and then I'll go to Ivan and Gerardo. Um switching gears away from this film in particular, specifically Armando, tell us what you're up to right now. What are you working on? Uh, I'd love to know just sort of where you're, what your eyes are on right now.
1: Well, not much. We're, we're still in quarantine, so not much. Yes. But I'm gonna be uh, releasing a movie in the Festival de Cine Morelia next month. Okay. Uh, it's called Fuego Adentro. And then still working with this, with this beautiful movie we have right now. And yeah, let's see what's happened with the world. So, (laughs) not much now.
2: I hear you. I hear you. Uh, Similar question for Ivan and Gerardo. You know, we're introduced to to, to each of you, to your life, um, to your history and your story. Um, I think. Probably everybody who's just watched your film, uh, this film you've made together, uh, will want to know a little bit more about uh, how your lives are are going now. Um, in not just in the wake of this movie bringing attention to your life and your story, but you know, just uh, your own your own navigation of of your life in New York versus your life back back in Mexico.
4: I mean, it's we're still in, in quarantine. We're still, like, uh, you know, in the middle of this pandemic. Uh, we're still working, you know. We, we have restaurants, and this is the most difficult moment for the restaurant industry and for so many different industries. Uh, so we still, in the whole pandemic, Ivan was working every day in the kitchen, trying to, do, to keep... Uh, everything alive and, and working very hard like to have a, our employees back to work and a couple of things you know like thinking about our family in Mexico um and, and thinking about our health too here you know? that's the situation right now you know yeah I think like Gerardo say we still working in the restaurant
0: uh, this situation is very hard but we keep going, you know, because the restaurants, uh, the expensive, the bills, the everything is the same, but there is no uh, incomes. Uh, I have a couple ideas, you know, about my my life or life. We don't know exactly what's going on in a couple of months. You know, the election is coming soon. So we are waiting for something good for the uh, millions of people. We are waiting for a big surprise. Uh, but we're still here, we're still working, we're still doing good things, thinking a lot about um, people working with us, thinking a lot about our families in Mexico, and my son, um, Dreaming, dreaming, dreaming. <laughs> one day can hook them to see so my son, my granddaughter, and this is the only thing we have to, or we can like right now, you know, like waiting for that special moment for, not only for us, for millions of people waiting yes. for the same gift.
4: Yeah, all all of that is like like keep us dreaming and suffering, but with hope. One day everything can change a little bit. And with that, we can change our so many lives in a good way. Just we need a little bit of 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 changing of that law, like to help us to fix it that little thing like we came to this country without papers but with a lot of love and, and you know i'm because that's why we are here just to work and to find a better life let's
3: see yeah i mean heidi
2: uh you know the guy said it so well you know dreams and hopes are such powerful things and it's a it's a very difficult moment for so many people. Um, we're wrapping up here. Are you optimistic? And if so, why are you optimistic?
3: Who's this question for? For you. Oh, for me? Final, final word. To be human is to be optimistic. We, I think we're the only creature on the planet that possesses optimism besides survival. So it's, 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 as far as I know, we, we are the only ones who possess optimism. And so I'm going to take full advantage of that. And you, you know, you make films and you collaborate with creative, loving people who believe in love and storytelling, and they believe that storytelling makes, makes a difference, that it matters. So I, of course I have hope and optimism because I've met hundreds and hundreds of people that, that share, um, these values, uh, and these beliefs, beliefs. So yes, I'm optimistic and it's, going to be, maybe it's a dark time. So uh, it's too easy to be sad. So I think we need to adelante. Mm
1: -hmm.
2: The film is Te Llevo Conmigo, I Carry You With Me, which um, is playing here at the 58th New York Film Festival. I'm just thrilled that we could have the film and share it with audiences here in New York and on a virtual platform as well. Um, Thank you all for spending some time today to talk about it. Really appreciate it.
3: Thank you, Eugene. Thank, thank you. Thank you. Much you, uh, thank you.
2: Congratulations. Take care.